millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Johnny, did you know Car and Classic now does online auctions? Yes. Did you know each Car and Classic auction includes professional photos and a description of your car and offers a secure payment service? Yes. Did you use Car and Classic online auctions to sell your chimney? Yes. Did you find the process quick and easy? Yes. Did you once eat too many baked potatoes and then run over yourself? No. You're thinking of Brian Harvey off of E17. Oh, yeah. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by Car and Classic. To find out more about online auctions, visit carandclassic.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Are you still drunk? No, I'm not. I'm not still drunk. Um, although I was worried I'd be bubbling a little bit. Uh, I might go into limp home mode um, because there were shots being fired. When I say shots being fired, I don't mean, you know, <laughs> you know I wasn't in a sort of like gang scenario shots being fired down your throat i wasn't packing heat yeah that's what i mean i mean there were glasses of filth being tipped down Um, this is going to be a bumpy ride so you've been out till all hours boozing and yet you sound quite perky i had a very early night i I went to bed at 9 30 last night because i feel like absolute crap because i've got a cold and i sound pretty dreadful as a result but i do a, a drop of booze past my lips and I um and I sound like dog shit, whereas you actually are quite. Perky. I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I've had three hours, uh, forty minutes sleep, and uh, because I know that because I set my alarm to the last point when I knew you'd phone me, and I uh, got into bed gone four. So it was, and I'm. I think I'm going to hit this afternoon. I'm going to. I'm going going to go properly into limp home mode. I know I will. Oh yeah, uh, and all all the power will be cut and. You just have to tickle yourself back to bed. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I've got a blanket wrapped around me. I've cut a rather pathetic figure here. <laughs> I'm very sorry for myself. Well, do you know what I do? When I wake up after a fairly boozy, uh, party-ish evening and I don't feel ill, I always play Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds. I think it works. <laughs> it's sort of like my celebration song. Because... Really good for air drumming whilst you're put, making a cup of, of strong coffee. Mm. Um, but also just uplifting because it's a reminder of like, they don't always go sour. Sometimes you can survive them these nights. You can get through. I was through. talking about, uh, about that track and Simple Minds off that era. Yeah. Uh, last week, I went away with some mates and we were just listening to some tunes. And we got onto how incredibly spacious a lot of 80s production is. Oh, and oh none yeah. more spacious than Simple Minds. It, it feels like everything they recorded was done in an aircraft hangar. It was all done at Bister Heritage. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I thought maybe Cardington, you know, that, those... Oh, the, the, yes, it was done at Cardington. Went, As, we did the last one in a warehouse and it wasn't spacious enough. We need an airship hangar. That'll be good. That'll be... And the drummer is approximately 150 paces away from, oh my from God, Jim yeah, Kerr, the lead least. singer. 
Yeah, uh, but hitting them really hard. So oh, huge snares though. The snares, yeah. the snares are the size of a sort of an SUV bonnet. <laughs> They're absolutely massive, <laughs> massive. <laughs> well, he's using walking sticks <laughs> to hit them. Yeah, do you Shepherd's know what? I've got, crooks. I've got. So- <laughs> Shepherd's crooks. If, if listeners, if you get the chance, just. Play a little bit of of that era of Simple Minds. So play Glittering Prize, Alive and Kicking. Obviously, don't you forget about me. Um, mm. And there's another really Even decent one. Belfast Child was done in that building where they assemble space rockets at NASA, where it gets clouds in the ceiling. Just, Is this true? They, they I can't were, work out whether you're just taking the piss now. <laughs> no, it just sounds like... I reckon okay. they probably did it all through the desk. That, that feeling of incredible Oh, on the, water, on the waterfront by... Um, that's got a big sound. It's all got... You just said it. It's all got a big sound. It's all been done in an empty Amazon warehouse, which is not that's a thing, because so Amazon spacious. warehouse... spacious. Yeah, just... I love it. I have to say, it's really uplifting. Mm. And yeah, uh, I don't know. What, why, why... Oh, yeah, it's sort of a drinking survival tune of mine. Um, but I yeah. was. Um, so you had a good night out last night, then. It was lovely. That's... I need to say thank you to Audi, which is you know a bit of a clangor to say. But I got invited out for a little Christmas um, dinner, which ended in oh, um, we finished at the restaurant. Oh, well, let's just go for one drink around the corner in a place I know, off of Soho, in fact, mm. in London. And uh, and I was like, yeah, go on then, go on then. <laughs> and we went in there, and it was completely feral. It was like we'd um, invaded a, a quite a sort of fighty, aggressive wedding uh, party. Uh, oh. But it was fun because, uh, I mean, I, although I had been drinking, I was not on the level of most of the people in there. And I, I immediately enjoyed the people watching. And I scanned across the room and I found who I think in my head is possibly the, uh, the enemy of Pin in Popeye. Who I mentioned in last week's uh, podcast. <laughs> I, it's, okay, so picture this: there's a neon sign for the pub at, at the end of the um, at the end uh, on a big wall. Yeah, near where the DJ was actually playing some tunes. And um, yeah. this guy, bearing in mind it was warm in this bar, right? We went in there and it was warm. This guy mm. was wearing a big sheepskin coat, and underneath he had a fleece that had some sort of like Nordic scene on it. And he wore what? thick glasses, a completely white beard, and one of those adventurer kind of crocodile Dundee spec hats. He had all this stuff on. Oh. All this oh stuff. God. And was drinking ale and swaying <laughs> to the music. And there was another bloke dancing around him. Bearing in mind, this guy's probably in his late 60s, I'm going to say. And I looked at him and I kind of like took a mental picture. And I thought, in isolation, with my stereotype head on, car stereotype head on, he is your... He is your textbook. I'm going to say first generation Isuzu Trooper owner. Ah, oh, he's got. I was going to say Discovery, but yes, I think. You might I know. Be. I think he. His friends have got discos, but he's always gone for something like a Daihatsu Four Track because ultimately mm. it's a more mm. comfortable car, possibly better MPG. But mm. he's yeah, I, he could be a big horn owner. Was it a big horn? Uh, the, yeah. the the. So he's if he's pinning Popeye's enemy. Yeah. Does that make him big horn Bluto? <laughs> <laughs> he's big, yeah okay he's big <laughs> he's big horn Bluto and he he is a bigger he was bigger guy Bluto. he was 
It's the. It, do you know what it is? It's the. It's the battle of the older guy with the with the nineties four by four. But quite reliable nineties four by fours. That's but. right. But they're never kept clean. They look after them mechanically, but they do smoke yeah. in them with the windows up, and they don't empty them of litter. <laughs> <laughs> they're that. Those are that. Those guys. Uh, they're the guys that turn up at one of those quarry open day off-roading events with no prep at all. In fact, they've still got their slippers on. <laughs> and they just go, I'll, well, I'll do this. absolutely refuse to trailer the car there. Oh, they don't trailer it at all. In fact, they've totally forgotten to change the tyres over. They've still got road tyres, but they just, they just drop them down to about 10 PSI and just go, oh, I'd be fine. <laughs> those, those are those guys. And it always works for them. They 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 prove they prove the the rest of the the field wrong. They go in there mm. and they buck the trend. They the people giggle quietly. Go, you know, who's the who's granddad here with the dream catcher on the rearview mirror of the four track? And he's like, yeah, watch this, boys. Oh, by the way, <laughs> about, by the way, I'm on I'm on road tires. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just yeah, see yeah. what happens. And he's probably got a husky in the passenger seat or in the back. One of those uh, just a an husky. enormously hairy dog. Just a very hairy dog. Yeah, probably a husky. I I was in a pub in the Lake District last weekend, and someone came in with a St. Bernard, and it was a shockingly massive dog. <laughs> it's a big dog. I mean, it was a boy dog as well, and uh, the guy told me that it weighed uh, 50 kilos, I think he said. 50? Now, I've got a reasonably large dog, and she's 30 kilos, and that's plenty. Yeah. But it's 50 kilos, so that dog is not doing anything it doesn't want to do. And I, I didn't... I wanted to ask the guy, but I... I didn't what do you drive yeah like, what do what, you drive what can you get this absolute unit of a dog in i was thinking it's probably got to be like a you know a, a t6 kind of you know one yeah of those, yeah um, yeah it's renault traffic one of the ones with the with the with the seat in the back but then you still got a van bit yeah where the dog can go it's definitely got to be something with self-leveling, or you're in trouble it's, you couldn't just sort of go oh just 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 hop in the back of my terrios it would it would be on the bump. Stops. Oh, well, Terios, as we've said before, very thin, very thin. Mm. He got you know, yes. he's got a very thin face. A Terios. This is a thin-faced car, uh, isn't it? Who makes a Terios? Is it Daihatsu? Daihatsu. Yeah, it is Daihatsu, mm. isn't it? Can't get them anymore. No, you can't. You can't. Bad news for thin-faced car enthusiasts. <laughs> what other cars are thin-faced? There are. It's normally uh, the K cars that we've talked about previously because they are just thin. Those people carry us like a. The little micro people carriers, like the Honda N-Box that we can't get in the UK. They're just very thin-faced <laughs> cars. <laughs> Why does Honda N-Box sound rude? It's not. It just sounds it. N-Box. You absolute Honda N-Box. It does. But then that's the thing. They, uh, there is a sort of a, a Japanese import name uh, insult uh, scenario which could go down. If, we were to, if you were to go on the internet now and just pick an obscure name... And say it as a Cockney insult. You, you've said yeah. you've done that to me before. What you've said. So. Well, we talked about this before. I mean, yeah, where Cockneys just pick objects and use them as insults. Yeah, yeah. You fucking oven. What? <laughs> it's not an insult. It is now. It is now because I've said what, it. Are you some kind of story cheater? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not an insult. You're just saying object. Put it down, you sense. total wicker basket. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he'd leave him alone. He's an extendable table. What? It's just the thing. Imagine a pair of um, aggressive cockneys running an auto factor and they just reel off whatever car part you've just ordered. They just reel it back to you in an aggressive footy hooligan way. 
and it always sounds like it's an insult every single time. You could name um, a, name a car park and it would work. I'm sure it would. There was a K car, wasn't there? A K car called the Toyota Voxy. Oh, I think there I think was. Um, you absolute Voxy! It's, I don't know. That sounds like it might be a compliment. I'm not sure, but I was um, I was learning the ways of the Toyota Velfire recently because I didn't realise it's like a sub brand in Japan. Velfire. It's not badged as a Toyota. It's it's a Velfire, and yeah. you you can't get them over here. Of course, they're mm. supposed to be of Lexus quality. They're almost a sort of people carry a Lexus. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm quite intrigued by them, mm. but I bet there's some interesting spec names of Velfires that you could. Uh, I realise there's also a K car called the Suzuki Solio Bandit. Oh yeah, there is. I really like the Solio. Someone a Solio Bandit. Is <laughs> well, quite, that's quite that's insulting. the sort of that's the sort of guy that you know gets caught masturbating at work or something. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you Suzuki Solio Bandit, don't talk to him. Do not talk to Solio Bandit. You've got me thinking of it's it's <laughs> called a Nom. It's an auto nom. Hang on. Auto nom. Yeah, I remember auto nom. Um It was auto Zam, which was Mazda, wasn't it? Or is Mazda maybe still, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it was auto nom. It used to, it made me laugh because I actually did did like a walk around of it for uh sure it's auto nom. I'll have to look it up. Hmm. Um since we're talking about cars, yeah, usually. well, I, I feel bad for doing it because we sometimes get it in the neck from listeners saying that we we oh, overdo it me. on the car front. I'll try and keep this brief, but anyway, I finally got around to driving a Kia EV6. Oh, after after you uh, raved about the one that you had, mm. long termer, and uh, generally the consensus seems to be it's good. So, so I was like, I need to I need to check this out because I quite like the look of it, mm. and I like the Hyonic uh, Hyonic Hyonic. The Hyundai Isotonic 5. Yes, Isotonic uh, Trick. Which yeah. is on the same platform. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's a good car. Yeah, it is a good I did car. A bit ten- that was a bit Tim Henman, though. Oh, that was a little car. bit Tim Henman. You're almost apologetic in the, in the report. Um, I have a few. So I drove from uh, home all the way up to the Lake District and back. I did about 600 miles over the course of a long weekend in the In the EV6. EV6. And uh, it was nice and quiet on the motorway for the most part, so I was using the cruise control. Yes. I don't like the way the cruise control works. Let me just, that's my, my big... Is it adaptive? Is it, is it a bit snatchy? It's adaptive. No, the adaptive bit is fine, except that, you know, there are points where you're, for whatever reason, you just want to turn it off. And you can pause it, but it's not immediately obvious that you can do that. So I was just switching it off. And then when I was ready to cruise again, just switch it back on. But every time you do that, it then reinitiates the lane keep assist that it thinks it can steer for you. And of course, those things are always dog shit. Yeah, jerky. they are. I don't like them. No, so I you've don't. got to go and then push the button to disengage that. And it's just not always immediately obvious. And you feel like you're actually sort of spending more time looking down at the steering wheel buttons. Yeah. I mean, at least they're actual buttons rather than touch sensitive. But yeah, just I don't know. I, it's, all, it's all kind of crammed on there with other buttons and it feels like i always think cruise control buttons should be given a sort of seriousness and a magnitude because they're doing something pretty serious that you don't want to screw up that's true actually and um funny enough a couple of days ago i've just filmed a review that's not out yet for the uh the toyota Grr, 86 
Oh, have you? Yeah, and the thing about the mm-hmm. Grrr 86 is the fact that it's one of the very few brand new cars left, I think, that has a physical stalk on the steering column for uh, cruise control. Old school style. Oh, yeah. It's a, like a little, it's like a, a pinky finger. At like, mm. If the steering wheel was a clock, it would be 25 minutes past. Okay, and uh, you—it's—it's it's funny because you don't notice it at first. And, and I was—and I was driving it on a long journey, and I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind a bit of cruise. Mm. That's my frigging doorbell. Can I just—I uh, don't know. Can I just grab that? Sorry. You better have to. I've just hang on a minute. Sorry. Uh, I'll just should I just fill? I'll just fill by um, talking about the EV6. Uh, it's got a lot of room in it in the back. I noticed, but the floor's a bit high because of the battery. And uh, it's got quite a nice interior. Feels very high quality. Door handles, flush door handles. On the top model, they electrically pop out for you. Uh, this was the mid model. They don't. They're fiddly. Didn't like them. Um, I'm slightly distracted wondering who's at Johnny's door, but we'll keep going. Uh, and the, the keyless entry didn't work. It might be just a, a glitch on the car I borrowed. But yeah, couldn't get the keyless entry to work. Minor thing. And uh, boot is all right, but it's got a very high floor again because the batteries. So you can get some stuff in it, but it's it's oh. sort of long but not very deep. Oh, yeah. And hello, you're back. Who was that? That was our old man next door offering to lend me his tarpaulin. That's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. What a lovely guy. Oh, I don't see him very often because I'm I'm out early and I'm back late what? a lot of the time. And it, I got the impression he what? wanted to chat, but. Why did he want to lend you his tarpaulin? Well, I don't know if I should say this on, on, on the microphone, but, but basically I think he was dropping a hint that you've got quite a lot of shit on your drive and it's getting wet. <laughs> Do you want to cover it up with a tarpaulin that I've had for a while? That was so, sort of the conversation. What, what shit? I, just can't, just can't, the, I, I haven't got enough room because I've downsized from house and garage and i've just got some general car parts which are in limbo i can't work out whether to just Uh, get rid or stockpile it's not it's not even interesting it's not even worth putting on this podcast you're probably you're gonna cut it out it wasn't like a it wasn't like books or something you didn't yeah a couple of 17th century manuscripts that i (laughs) i just just got and i've just i've just left (laughs) wasn't it that hoarding Uh, it was a hoarding tv show once the guy that collected newspapers and he kept yeah. them out in the back garden under a tarpaulin they were newspapers oh my God. and he was what? convinced at some point they'd be collectible i mean that that's the sign of someone really not well he yeah some the the, the, the presenter was going but they're they're getting damp there's there's rodents living in them no no they'll yeah. they'll be okay no you can't yes, keep paper outside because well, you're not thinking no clearly on that on that side uh, of, on that side anyway of i was just saying the ev6 um got a high boot floor yes it has uh, i noticed so the boot's not as big as you might think but no it's okay and um uh, it's big isn't it it's also it's quite a big car just sort of deceptively big and wide yeah it is it uh, is but yeah it's very pleasant to drive and it's see i'm four wheel drive from see i'm 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 torn i'm torn a little bit because although it's uh, it's the sister car to the the ionic five mm. There's some key differences, and obviously the first one being the design is radically different. So you're, yeah. you know, you're either a crip or a blood, and that's just the way it is. You either <laughs> like one or you like the other. 
and I yeah. and I preferred the Ionic Five. I just love the design of it, and I'm just I still am excited about it now. However, there's no doubt in the EV6 has a as a as a, as a a sharper suspension and damping calibration going on. It's it is a it is a more focused driver's car, mm. um, I would say. But it has a smaller boot than the Arnic Five, so it's kind of like you've got to really think about what you want out of this. The same drivetrain, but yeah, I was thinking about the Arnic Five and thinking I, I, I quite liked the way that that sort of erred towards comfort. Yeah, and the interior is sort of lange. It is very, thing, it is lange, kind of open plan chisel. And I was thinking I would probably. Uh, towards the Ionic 5. I'd, I'd like to try them back to yeah. back to see what's what. I, but, I don't uh, think you'd be disappointed. Well, I'm actually going on a road trip in the EV6 GT imminently. In fact, you? it might be around about the time this podcast goes live. Yeah. And I'm are looking you? forward are to you that. Bringing the, um, are you bringing the EV6 GT to um, the live recording? I don't know. I, I, I think I've got to give it back just before I go. Um, oh. Which means I will probably be driving up there in a Daihatsu Terios. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I, I've got to. I've got to have a look. I'd, oh. I'd like to. I'd like to come up in a, in an EV actually. Um, something longer than age. I'd, I'll see if I can grab a Megane or something like oh. that. Oh, like that, or oh. Uh, you know. Well, you've only got a few days. On that um, note, on uh, yeah. This this week, Thursday this week, the eighth is. Uh, is our our next live show mm-hmm. uh, at the time of recording there are still tickets available there might not be by the time you hear this but if you do fancy coming along do go and have a look on the off chance that there's still tickets for sale uh, we'd love to see you there it's in County Durham um, in the northeast of England it's in a great place and, uh, it's in a great place it's a really and, good venue uh, if it's anything like the last ones you know it'd be nice yep we're going to so, be surrounded by some classic cars and uh, at the Aston Workshop which is in Beamish, isn't it? it the Beamish, police is in Beamish. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. A, a night of jolly japes um, in the north. Yes, yes. In the north. And uh, more more live shows. I think this will be the last one for this year, but next year we will be doing some more, hopefully starting in January. And um, because what I've noticed, every time we announce a live show, no matter where it is, uh, several people go, oh... Oh, couldn't you do one like next door to my house? That'd be better for me. And so we are going to try and sort of move around the country. But uh, well, well, or if you join, if you join Patreon them. and you say, "Oh, right, I'm going to pledge five hundred pounds for 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 a year," uh, we'll just come <laughs> round to your house and we'll do a podcast. <laughs> for in your will lounge. we for five hundred quid? Well, I don't know. We haven't will worked we? out the specifics. But I'm just, uh, <laughs> just. But there'd be an amount of money that would be large. And we'd go, do you know what? Let's just, yeah, all right, Richard, let's do that then. Let's go around to this guy's house and we're going to do a podcast from his lounge and hopefully he's told his family because if he hasn't, it'd be <laughs> awkward. Uh, and you have to tell the dog well, to get out because it keeps yelping. One to, um, one to work on in the new year. But we'll probably do some ones that are in sort of slightly larger settings where we can invite 250 people rather than <laughs> someone's lounge. Uh, anyway, but yes, uh, this Thursday the 8th, we're going to be in County Durham and uh, we hope to see you there. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I've, I, I said something else to say that was possibly relevant, but possibly not. Who the fuck knows? Oh, you really, um, really are. You really are. You're flagging, aren't you? I am. You're it's flagging. terrible. I'm, I just, yeah, I feel really khaki and... Uh, 
Anyway, um, well, you need to go to a oh, steam I, rally. That's what you need to do. What? Just clear oh, up the tubes. oh no, I know what you need to do. Go for a detox to DJ Khaled's Airbnb in his tr- trainer oh, cupboard. Oh my Christ! I think it is. Yeah, we've been saying that quite a lot. We have. Surprisingly, it's because people want to irritate me. <laughs> DJ Khaled, yes, and people like to irritate you. So, I mean, have you seen it? It says "We the best" on the floor. Or we the best music. It's uh, yeah. it's a double bed inside a, a large walk-in wardrobe that's got racks of trainers everywhere, um, mm. with a throne. Looks like a crushed velvet throne on it. I think he's a self-proclaimed king. No, I, my, he might. Yeah, I don't think there's any. And yeah, and it's here. Uh, there we go. It's got. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to invite guests to kick it in my sneaker kingdom. <laughs> Kick it, and um, I do. You know I'd like to do. I'd like to book it and say to DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled, let's go for a really long walk with your new trainers on. Should we go for a really long walk? And you know he'll be chafing. He'll be chafing within. Push him into some dog shit. <laughs> no, no, he just he probably doesn't walk very far. So I say, let's go for a no. Let's go for an hour's walk. And it, the look of shock on his face, and he. It, yeah. He'll end up having really bad sort of like chafy ankles and uh, corns within, within half an hour's walk. Uh, that's what I'd like to do with DJ Khaled. Okay, so yeah, your your idea of exacting harm to DJ Khaled. Well, he's, pre- he's, sort of he's showing his he's showing his shoe collection. Let's use these shoes as yeah. as they were intended. Let's do this. I don't. Come on, Khaled. I haven't seen anything in the description of Khaled's Airbnb that says he'll be there and we'll go for a walk with you he got gifted two high-end toilets by drake i mean he can't even make this stuff up i just don't understand it but do you think that was actually a subtle diss he just went i'm gonna send Khaled. what that you are a toilet a shitter yes yeah or that maybe an incident took place he went round to drake's house and i think maybe had a bit of a gurgly tummy <laughs> and he might have. He'd had a lambooner the night before. He had. He had a lambooner, and then someone went, Oh, do you fancy a pint of Mountain Dew just before bed? And he went, Yeah, go on then. Uh, and then the cauldron, uh, was, the cauldron was really bubbling. <laughs> yeah. Did we talk about on the podcast? Because I, I suddenly remembered it the other day, and I was giggling to myself. But I think we were just chatting to ourselves about where the, before the that Bond film premiere that we went to whenever that was last year this year would have been last year uh, the, the Daniel Craig would just pop out for a quick curry and get Lampersander all down his front and have to go to the premiere <laughs> with a really wet suit because he had to go in the loo and sponge it off <laughs> yes that's right and because it was a light suit there's just sort of a one of those darker patches where you don't want people to think that there's it's we. You have clean, no. but there's only a certain amount of sort of hand toweling and hand drying you can do. Oh, I had that the other day. I had an absolute belter in uh, a, a public loo somewhere where just you know, I, I do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Bart sells his soul and then finds that like automatic doors don't work yes. because he hasn't got a soul anymore. And I sometimes worry that I haven't got a soul because I, find, I have what? terrible trouble working, you know, motion sensitive taps. They never work first time for me. Well, a bit and, like um, a bit like Alexa. She doesn't listen to me. She doesn't give a shit. Really, My, uh, the kids used to find it really funny. 
The fact Sorry. that everyone, you could go around the room and everyone could, could, could ask it to do something. And I'd ask it to do something and it was just met with utter silence, like a, like a ghost had said. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I well, did to, you start to worry that you were dead? Yeah, I used like, to go closer to the mic and go, right, I'm going to raise my voice. Because I've got quite a quiet voice, I think. Certainly as a presenter, I've got quite a quiet voice. And I just thought, right, OK, I'm going to project my voice a bit. Fuck you. And uh, I'll go a bit closer. And still, oh, absolutely. Brian Blessing. Yeah, well, I was, go- I, was, I was going to. I was going to, but no. Well, that reminds me of something that's happened to me again last weekend, but it happened before. I went a few weeks ago, I went to, there's a big Sainsbury's near here, and I went up to it, and I needed, so one of the things I needed to buy was eggs. And I couldn't find eggs, just couldn't find them. And I was walking round and round the supermarket. Obviously, I'm a bloke, I'm not going to ask for help. And I was just walking around, I couldn't find eggs, couldn't find eggs. And I started thinking, maybe I've imagined eggs. <laughs> the eggs don't exist. What? It's all just dreamt. Oh, you're, you're, There's no such thing as eggs. No, you're you're going crackers now, aren't you? Well, but then it happened to me last weekend when we were away. Uh, I went to the supermarket with all my mates to go and get some eggs, and uh, and we couldn't find them. And I went to him. You know what, Paul? I'm starting to think that I've had this before. I'm starting to think eggs don't exist. I think we've imagined them. We've had a collective dream where we think <laughs> eggs exist. You know, so, but then so, um, my mate Paul went up to one of the staff and went, excuse me, uh, do, you, do you know where your eggs are? And I was waiting for the bloke to go, oh, what? Eggs. Oh, what, what do you mean? Eggs? What? what? E- eggs? I don't, I've never heard of them. Eggs? <laughs> you don't get that from chickens. What are you talking about, sir? And then there'd be a sort of crash zoom on my face. Oh, Richard, you sound like you were chronically hungover. Or something like I that. I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah. it's like you've been out on the lash and you sound fine. And I uh, got an early night and I sound dreadful. It's I'm, I'm just at that well, precise point in a cold where you just feel really, really manky. It's at this point we talk real business on the on the podcast. <laughs> Mitsubishi Jetel update. Okay? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm. This came in quite a long time on, um, on the email, the old email, mm. by a chap called Phil Lacey, mm. who said... Morning, chaps. Much as taking photos in gents' toilets is not my usual preference, I thought I would appreciate. I thought you'd appreciate this stylish competitor for Mitsubishi's jet towel. Behold, the Airwolf. Oh, this is amazing! Oh. It's cool. It's brushed aluminium, and even the logo is 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 quite eighties. It's it's slightly italic. And it's got mm. lines cut through it, like air is rushing through the font, uh, and it says nice, Air nice. Dash Wolf. And he said, yeah. I found this off of Britney Ferries. To be honest, to be oh. honest it over-promises and it under-delivers, under-delivers <laughs> in terms of hand-drying abilities, but it looks nice. Thanks, Phil. Now, I found this week, and I sent it to you, Richard, another, another pretender to the, to the throne of hand-dryers in gents' toilets, or, or ladies' toilets. I just don't frequent those. Um, the PHS Airstream Vitesse. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, yes. I'd never heard of this contraption, and I don't know if anyone we else have has. Had, we have been sent it a couple of times, at least by this. What, the Airstream Vitesse? Yeah, yeah. It's, Do you uh, know what? I, I have also been sent. Um, I got sent by a chap saying, oh, I've noticed in several, several of your barn finds you don't get the car going. Um, I yeah. found, why don't you just use a can of Lynx? It's better than Easy Start. And I actually read this several times, thinking this guy's taking the piss. But I think he's serious. He's he's put um, and then he, I think underneath he puts something like uh, it doesn't really matter which which scent I use. <laughs> I use Africa. <laughs> it's just like what does anybody don't, start an old don't car? Use Java. That doesn't work. Yeah, it's it does, got to be Africa. Does anybody start a car with an old can of sort of teenage deodorant? I can't believe they do. Do they? What? How is he? Sort of squirting this into the cylinders. He's squirting this down the throat of the, you know, like the plenum, oh and I, yeah, or down the down the down the mouth of the carburetor. Like what deodorant? Can't be better than. Well, I suppose it does. It's combustible, isn't it? But it's not combustible just... than a fine mist of petrol, son. Unless uh, mm, I've no. misread the science. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's a de- more delicate way of doing things i enjoyed your opal monza vid by the way but because you told me in advance that you didn't get the car started it was like watching a movie where you know the hero dies oh is it like watching the perfect storm where you're yeah. convinced that george clooney's not gonna die and mark he Wahlberg. can't die he's clooney but he oh, does okay. and you know yeah. spoiler alert but it's a 30 year old film so who cares yes yeah, um, <laughs> i've seen it now but it's too it's late. A, uh, yeah, it's like that because I was like, you had mentioned to me you didn't get, couldn't get it going. So uh, I was watching it. I was watching all so your valiant hard. efforts, you and my mate Big John, trying to get it going. And I was a bit like, oh, I know how this ends. But. It's a bit of love for the Monza, which I'm pleased about because mm. I was worried that it would be overlooked. People would just go, ah, it's not an old Ford or it's not an old BMW, so who cares? But uh, actually, it's a class. No, it's a class. It's a lot of affection for those cars. Yeah. They're just cool, aren't they? Yeah, the owners so, just said it, to me, I'm gonna, I've booked it in. It's going to be recommissioned. I'm going to get it back on the road. Oh, ready for nice. spring so i'm really pleased about yeah. that. that that warms my cockles well years ago i was talking to john i hadn't seen him for ages and i was talking to him yeah what's going on how's things how's cars you got you still got all the cars and you went well yeah and i just bought another monza and i was like john why have you bought another monza at that point i think he had five or six monzas why have you bought another monza and he went well you told me to it's like i bloody did not and uh it turns what? out that he'd been on piston heads and there was a discussion about a Monza for sale in their classifieds. And John had said, oh, well, I'm sort of tempted to buy this. It looks like a nice one. And someone with the username Sniff Petrol said, I definitely think you should. And John thought, well, that's all the encouragement I need. Richard's telling me to buy it. Oh, my it. gosh, it wasn't even But it you. wasn't me. Someone else is just calling themselves Sniff Petrol. Well, that's just wrong. John to go and buy a Monza. I, I sort of feel like John would have bought the Monza. Anyway, I think, but the point is, I was yes. kind of like, someone's got, my, someone's got my name. And I contact this guy and just went, Look, you know, I can't stop you, but why have you got the name of my website as your username? And you went, oh, just like your website. What? 
I like Louis Theroux, but I wouldn't use the real Louis Theroux as my username because that might be misleading. I would. It's, it's, <laughs> you really like because Louis I really Theroux. like Louis Theroux. That's a sort of stalkery thing to do. I, I like him so much. I'm going to just try and be him. <laughs> that is. It. Have you seen him interviewing Bear Grylls? No, I haven't. Uh, is it good? It's good watch. Is it? Does he go yeah. to Bear's quite lonely island? Where his wife just sits there gritting her teeth thinking, yeah. There's a bit of that, yeah. You do go, she is very patient because he's... Although, I, I don't know, it looked like he might have electricity. I thought he didn't have electricity on that island. Well, what he doesn't it's tell very you, nice, he's and probably it's off, got you know, an old diesel locomotive in the trees. Um, just sort yeah. of like that he's had craned <laughs> in. No, Chinook, he's had it chinooked in, <laughs> just dropped there. And it sits and he, he just strikes it up at, uh, sort of twice a week and charges a shitload of batteries and things. Well, you've got to have well, some like really old lead acid batteries. Oh, big old masses of them, loads, yeah, a whole yeah. carriage full, yeah, leaky, leaky lead acid batteries. We watched it. He's My burning tires to it. keep warm to keep his kids warm. Yeah, it's good. Brilliant. Going to the mainland in a in a rib. And then going outside the supermarket, you're not, you're not using that polystyrene. Can I take it back to my island? I need to, I need to stick it on the tire fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it with my wife, and at the end of it, she went, he's quite a strange man, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, yeah, he is a bit strange. I like him. Anyways, I, good, like, good, I like Good Louis through. Yeah, okay, I like Bear. I, I, I think I've got, I think he's, he's encouraging kids to get out, grab adrenaline, instead of just, mm. I don't know, hosing time away on TikTok. So I'm, I'm, unless Bear Grylls is on TikTok, in which case, uh, then that's okay, I guess. <laughs> but it's just, it's I genuinely don't place. understand TikTok. I mean, that's me sounding like a middle-aged guy. But I just I've tried to work it out. It, it but it just uh, it's just it just doesn't tell me anything. It's there's no tutorials because well, there's no time for that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's people copying other depends. people's dance dances, yeah. which I just find irritating. Um, and does, features that have been cropped to the point where you've, there's no meaning or information left. So at that point, I'm struggling. I worked on something recently. Uh, I did the script and then was on the shoot for, for a thing that was going across social media. And we shot it. And then I went to the edit and realised that, of course, they were having to, although it had been shot in the sort of standard 16 by 9 format... Uh, they were then having to edit it. It's nine by sixteen, so it was good on phones. Yeah, that's right. And it's a fucking claustrophobic way to view things when you realise it's been shot the other way. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, it's just it was awful. It was actually some of it. So it kind of went, oh, well, that doesn't work at all because you can't see everything. It's uh, yeah, it's quite like because they had to do a wide, a normal version as well for YouTube. So you couldn't shoot it. You couldn't commit to either way. But, yes, it's horrid. Uh, anyway. I, can I, can um, I read out a, a little letter that I think is, is, is funny? Um, and it's ref- and it's a little letter. A little letter, which is a little bit Here's funny. Here's a song. Here's a little song. Here's a song. <laughs> <laughs> this is – the title is The US Air Force No-Name Mountain Bike Guy. Oh, this letter! Yeah, it's a good letter. Yes, Do you think? Should letter, we, should we, can, can, can I can I read we this one? Definitely, we should definitely read this out. This is from Dale Hornsby. Dale Hornsby. Also thought it's got an excellent name. It's well, yeah, Squadron Leader Dale Hornsby, which I think yes. is very cool indeed. Um, dear Richard, dear Johnny, I've been listening to your brilliant podcast for a few months now, and since October, my service in the Royal Air Force is deemed fit to send me thousands of miles away from my wife and children to Qatar. A coincidence that there is a football tournament happening here all the same. Not the reason I'm here. 
but I digress. I've been sent to the desert to a huge dusty Air Force base that, although owned and run by the Qatari Emirati Air Force, has a major US Air Force presence going back as far as the Gulf War. And there's been a little British contingent here too. Amongst the thousands of American servicemen and women here, and a small clutch of the Brits, one American has really started to stand out for me. I see him every night as I walk the kilometre or so stretch of the 30-foot-wide block weave path that runs through the middle of the living accommodation called the Yellow Brick Road to the gym for CrossFit (laughs) session. Good detail, Dale. Like it. And Mm. there he is. Mm. American Air Force, no-name suspension mountain bike guy. Terrorising pedestrians as he tears along. Gears squeaking. Pedal crank grinding. Saddle set way too low. And absolutely no sign of hands in contact with the handlebars for a whole two kilometres. The wife beater vest, the shorts, the rucksack, the trainers, the knee-high socks, complemented by a rainbow-coloured tie-dye sweatband, <laughs> which I haven't seen for a long time. And, 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 and I haven't seen a wheelie yet, but we know it's just a matter of time. The American military is never knowingly under-equipped and their welfare facilities are legendary, legendarily well-founded on their overseas bases. This camp is no exception. The British contingent has our own little ramshackle porter cabin that we operate as a Brit pub. A few Americans do like to come to our pub, presumably for the atmosphere and maybe the karaoke, but you guessed it. American Air Force no-name mountain bike guy is a regular here, louder and brasher than the average American and always a bit too flirty with the ladies of the same contingent. There are other observations here that you might appreciate, like the fleet of locally hired cars for us to get around in, for example, which are all MG5 saloons, all of them in Arab market poverty spec, (laughs) in every possible colour available as long as it's white, and they all have a horrendously whiny CVT gearbox. They are not treated kindly, but they do seem to be holding up to the abuse. (laughs) Um, Thank you ever so much. Uh, It says here... uh, a couple of observations from a Smith & Sniff fan stuck in the desert. I'll close with a thank you. It's probably a stretch to say that the weekly Smith & Sniff instalment is the highlight of my week, but listening to the cast each week with my earbuds on um, <coughs> helps me through. It's like spending an hour with a couple of mates chatting cars and stuff in the mess back home. You make me laugh every week and you're helping to keep the spirits high on that side of things. Um, Dale, thank you. And I now need photographic evidence if that's at all possible of of no name us air force <laughs> sounds like it might be a security <laughs> well it could be um, couldn't it i can just hear the the chain just squeaking right now yeah. and he's t- well, particularly in that desert environment oh, just imagine oh. it oh it's awful so sandy and dusty and yeah. it's ready to snap at any point and he's probably doing very aggressive left right weaves you know like um like tire warming weaves and formula one where, they, yeah. where they're trying to get a little bit of warmth into the tyres just pre-race. That's what he's doing, isn't he? But yeah. no-handed. Yes, of course, no-handed. But no-handed, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that, Dale. And um, But also, a squadron leader, Dale, I, I, I saw this and I thought, now, is that the most impressive job title we've ever had from a from a listener? I'm not Ooh. sure. If you have a more impressive job title, do get in touch. Yeah, please um, do. Like Overlord or something. Uh, that'd be smashing. I was I, there was some stuff I wanted to read out, and of course I completely failed to prepare. Um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I love your, I love your, I love your honesty. I have one from Matt um, Manus Curran, who's just a short one that just said, "Hi Johnny, 
really enjoyed uh, your trip to the Green Isle recently on the Late Break Show. It would be great mm. to see a live event at some point in the future. But I, I watched one of your episodes where you reviewed the Honda E, which you really liked, I saw. And I wondered why nobody has compared the visual similarities to the Allegro. And when I first read this, I thought, what's he thinking? There's no... Mm. And then he's put two pictures together. And I'm staring at the two pictures going, they're not that dissimilar, mm. are mm. they? It's got that grill, yeah. the inboard lights with the black masky grill. Yeah. Yeah. And it has got a sort of, uh, I don't know what you'd call its proportions, but it's it's not podgy. But yeah, it's, it's mm. but I like them both. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it. It's the modern-day Allegro in a good way. There we go. In a mm. good way. Um, oh, I know what we did. Anyway. So, so letters-wise, I know what we did anyway. have. We had quite a bit of love for the um, Passat W8 that we mentioned last week. Yes. Uh, Ryan Beveridge uh, says, I'm not going to pretend that W8 Passat is a performance icon or any kind of icon. I will, however, stand up for their perceived reliability. Bar coil packs and a preventative gearbox rebuild. What? Brackets, they were notorious for going wrong at 80,000 miles. Preventative Nothing gearbox. WH specific has gone wrong. Just regular servicing and consumables. Long story short, it's been through three family members, and currently my younger brother is really enjoying it and giving it a new lease of life. He is one year older than the Passat. What? Uh, it's on its original alloys. I need to see this and car. Well, it's, it's, it's on one of the emails in one of the various things that we have. That, uh, <laughs> I, love your, I love your ill contact. Your ill logistics mean that you just can't be bothered to. to, to. It's, just, it's too, yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, well, Ryan says his dad bought this car in 2005 when it was three years old. And um, it's, uh, he had it for 10 years before moving to Master 6s and Lexus ESs. And, uh, but he, he kept the car. Wow. And in 2020. Uh, he gave it to Ryan or sold it to Ryan. Do you know, that's really cool. Honda S2000. So, W8 family heirloom. Yeah. Isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Well, it says, Ryan says he was looking to buy an S4 Avant or a Kia Stinger, and his dad offered to give him the W8 to put towards a car, but he, he, when he tried to sell it, he didn't get any interest. So, um, He's kept the, it. the W8 has stayed in the... So in the family, so the last MOT, it needed a handbrake cable, and that's it. A 20-year-old, 105,000-mile Passat with no other advisories, so... Um, I want one now, and I've got it's no estate. reason. Oh, no, it's an it's, estate as well. It's, it's an estate, and it's in, on those really good alloys. Um, yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen, when, it, when the time the comes for it to leave the family, please consider me. Um, I'm not in the market Ooh, right now, but then you're not in the market say. either. But it's something I would possibly take on. Um, yeah, you know, like a like an exotic pet refuge person. Uh, I... Uh, I'm down with that. Uh, Richard Fitton Perkins, another listener. Uh, oh, yes. Says, uh, he shares some W8 knowledge. He says, speaking of the Odyssey, which is the Passat W8, did you know that the that um, VAG originally wanted a clean sheet competitor to its in-house rival, the Audi A6? With the Passat B5 being such a huge seller at the time and Ferdinand Pieck's desire to push the VW brand up market to the level of Mercedes, the cheaper option to a clean sheet design was to put the W8 into a stretched wheelbase B5-based vehicle. The platform started its life as the Passat Plus in China, where they like long wheelbase saloons. Oh. It was not premium enough to sit below the Phaeton in Europe, so the Passat Plus for the European market became the original 2001 Skoda Superb. Oh, right. They never got the W8, which was unceremoniously thrown into a specced-up normal Passat and became a why-does-this-exist car. 
So there you go. It's yeah, that's, that's that all makes sense. It was it, there were bigger plans involving longer wheelbases and all that shit, and it just didn't. Happen. I oh, the love is growing. Uh, the more we talk about the W8, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, damn it! Just, if you'd like Johnny to really buy a Passat W8, just keep Stop sending it. us emails about no. it. But they must contain proper information, e.g., I've got one and it's great. Yeah, uh, I need real information so, and, and and no more photos of Mitsubishi Jet Tails. As much as we like talking about them, <laughs> we we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. So if you can find a PHS Airstream Vitesse or the Airwolf, then maybe we can talk. Or other great pretenders of the throne of hand dryers that, that don't do the amazing job that Dyson does by just throwing water onto the floor and thus breaking an old man's hip <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> However, two things I, I've got to mention while they're on the tip of my tongue. One, Richard, yeah. did you see that foreign pack of peanuts that I sent a photo of? Yes. That I got, I think. Yeah, I, sorry, I didn't really acknowledge them. But I got yes, them from a hotel. I, I think I got them from a hotel in Spain or somewhere like that. And I've kept them in my bag because, you know, when you're sometimes on a job and you just need a snack and you're a bit low and you think, oh, wow, well, yeah, I put a pack of nuts in there at some point or raisins or whatever. Well, it's called, listeners, I'll put a picture for um, Patreons. Uh, it's called Sporty Mix. Just it's just a small it's just a small packet of peanuts and a couple of raisins and sultanas and yet it they think that it's worthy of the term sporty mix sport. It's, it's not clear. It's by the company. I noticed the company is called Nutty <laughs> Yes, it is. Which in itself is somehow unappealing. <laughs> yes, it sounds like some kind of talc you put on your board. It does. It does sound like um, chafe. It does sound like egg bag kind of balm, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, balm. <laughs> <laughs> But it's egg. sporty mix. Why? I don't What's know. What's sporty about some nuts and a couple of raisins? Well, this is what I was... Is could it? somebody please tell me what... So trail mix, it's, is... Does it help you it's on not trails? Sporty, really, and is it? And is it sporty? I just can't see it. I mean, what it was... I suppose it gives you energy. Slow perhaps. release energy. It's better than... Yeah, rather than having a bag of crisps. Sports crisps. Sport. Would what would be sports crisps? Sports crisps. Uh, it's... it's I don't, I don't think there's such a thing as sports crisps because, because there is no, there's nothing, sport, <laughs> nothing sporty about crisps. I don't know. Uh, One for walkers to bear in mind. Uh, I, bear in I, mind. Just keep it in mind. That's and I forgot to say. also say, talking of energy. Sorry to, yeah. s- just lever this one in. But um, mm. when I was at the NEC a few weeks back at the huge um, classic motor show, mm. somebody came up to me. And they um, and they said, oh, I wanted to have a chat with me about uh, the Late Break Show and also this podcast, say so that they enjoyed it. And they went, oh, mm. a f- they sell rich energy here. I went, what? They say, yeah, oh. yeah. The NEC has a Londis, uh, like, you know, like a, <laughs> like like a 7-Eleven type thing if you're American. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he said, there, "There's cans of of seven. Uh, there's cans of Seven Eleven. There's there's cans of Rich Energy." He said, "I nearly bought one to bring in to you to prove it." And I said, "Bloody hell, wow. man! Are you sure?" He went, "Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole row of it. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing." And and then I saw with my own eyes some Rich Energy um, later on that day, just to make sure he wasn't lying. And then mm. and then um, about a month ago, we had uh, a listener send a, an email to us, Stuart Vieira saying, as an avid listener, I was at mm. Brands Hatch British Superbike event quite recently. Guess what I found? I found a can of uh, rich energy. 
Yeah, it does seem to hang around bike races because of that whole weird sponsorship yeah. thing that's not the same rich energy, but BSB rich energy that's... Because he said they do sponsor a team or two, so that makes sense. But this was a non-Rich Energy branded stand that was selling Rich Energy, which adds to the weirdness surrounding Rich Energy. Were, it would at, you'd at least expect them to have a merch stand and sell them there, but no, that would be too logical. Anyway, yeah. I will happily send you a can if you'd like. There's a pic below of it for proof. Keep up the good work. It's true, it's too, taken too high res for... Too many, too high <laughs> too, res. Just to be on the safe side. Two high res photos of the of the rich energy care. That's so good. I love the detail, the commitment. Love that. Thank you, yeah. Stuart. Um, do you know what? Um, I, if you've still got it, I might do. I might get you to send it to someone for a Christmas present. Uh, all I want for Christmas is mm. my two front um, teeth, which have now gone because I've been sculling <laughs> energy drinks. <laughs> I've got to read this out. This is possibly the most unusual message that I've received in the last week. Uh, it's from Ben Hanford. Ben is one of our patrons. Um, Ben's message just starts, Havers pilot, and Havers is in inverted commas. <laughs> hey, it continues. Havers? Would, would, yeah, Havers. Havers pilot. Would Richard consider penning a script for the Nigel Havers-themed lightweight drama? In my head, he'd be a former barrister having an eventful retirement smoking around West Sussex in his burgundy Jaguar XJS. (laughs) Naturally, the show would feature Nigel getting embroiled in light, low-stakes intrigue, which he would investigate in his endless free time by visiting friends and acquaintances who all seemingly have jobs or pastimes involving Goodwood, sometimes the race course, others the motor circuit. Of course. Rolls-Royce. And Chichester Festival <laughs> Theatre. I would love to see a script or just a synopsis of a possible pilot. I also enjoy the notion that the character is just called Nigel Hayes. <laughs> do you know what? This could work. Ben, that's the strangest message I've ever had. Are you, you're effectively commissioning me to write a very niche weird. play. Niche play. <laughs> um, Haver, anyway, Haver's spec, look, that's Haver's spec environment. And Haver's, Haver's, spec, but Haver's is unusually fit for his age. Yeah. He's, a, he's a regular oh, yeah. squash player, but not injured. And yeah, he's spry. He's spry, but also gets himself in a situation where he does lightweight flirting with many middle-aged women. But oh, but yeah. it never quite comes to anything because he he, he has restraint. So that he's yeah. always oh, yeah, there's always no, lots of untied knots, as it were, w- yeah. with females wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he's but he's he's honourable and well behaved. And I don't um, think he'd be an XJS guy though. I think it's too old now um, to drive every day. Certainly in winter, it will go frilly and fall to fucking pieces. Yeah, maybe that is just his. I'm thinking. Well, what about that Lexus that we've talked about uh, that no one buys? The convertible one that. Uh, oh, the... Um, well, what's it yes, called the, again? The, oh, God, I should remote, is it? SC430. Yes, SC430, that's it. He would be in an SC430 with always got golf clubs and rackets in the boot. Yeah. Which clatter around funny. a bit when he gets into some busy B-road action. <laughs> busy b <laughs> <laughs> he, he turns to his, uh, his passenger and just goes, don't be alarmed, I'm going to put it in sport. <laughs> And then it kicks down furiously. <laughs> and then you just take the clatter of golf balls and clubs. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Oh, no, I've forgotten. I left two <laughs> pints of a rather tasty Shiraz in the boots. What's that? Did st- I say pints? I meant What's bottles. that stuff? What's that? Um, 
You know that Plato drives around with a, with a bottle of wine in the boot. You know this. No. Jason, when I when I filmed with him, um, what, was it last year or was it the, between lockdowns? I can't remember. When when I borrowed the Taycan Cross Turismo, mm. I took it to Plato's house to let him have a spank in it uh, because he's yeah. a serial Panamera buyer and he's got the Panamera sex tourist model. So he wanted to see the comparison. When we left in the boot of the pan, of his pan, there's a bottle of wine in, like, the side net. Or one of those little recesses, you know, the ones that you can't quite work out what they're for, but they're there. And it's a really nice British, I think it might have been a British sparkling wine. And I went, what What have you got wine in, in the car for? Is that from left over from shopping this week and he went he went no no he said oh it's a really nice uh, drink this one it's one of my favorites and he said i always keep a nice bottle in the boot because it just in case you want to gift it to someone i went what to who in what oh. scenario <laughs> like oh i'm really sorry that i ran your dog over here have some yeah, high-end sparkling sorry. british wines well i don't i did soften the blood <laughs> i don't know <laughs> backed into your shit <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry I knocked over your dry stone heritage wall. Listen, it'll be he, fine. But he, then he hands it over. He's been driving like Jason Plato. It's become incredibly agitated. And when the people take it back in their house, it explodes. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, it's under immense pressure because he's been... Immense. He's been lefting and writing. And, of course, the car's sitting there ticking like mad while he's trying to have a polite conversation he does it as a diversion technique so that he doesn't ultimately give them his telephone number or his address and within a flash he's gone (laughs) and they're just left with a really delightful sussex sparkling wine i can't remember the actual because he he had that weird situation a few years ago didn't he where which all ended up on piston heads where he he met a guy outside of dry cleaners i think it was and the bloke was a bit sort of sweaty and over enthusiastic (laughs) and shook his hand for too long (laughs) And this all ended up on Piston Heads, where the guy wrote, oh, I've met Jason Plato, and he's a complete knob. And Plato popped up and went, uh, mate, listen, first of all, you ambushed me outside of dry cleaners. Secondly, you wouldn't let go of my hand. Thirdly, you were a bit weird and sweaty. And uh, so, you know, just wind your neck in. I was trying to be nice, but you were a bit strange, the kind of thing. And and then it all escalated, and people refused to believe it was Plato until he posted a picture of himself with a jar of custard. Of course it was the guy. It was the the famous custard incident, yeah. yes. Um, I'm sure it's somewhere still in the Piston Heads archive. And, of course, he's recently bit. retired as a driver, Jason, hasn't he? Yeah, um, which... to spend more time. I'm surprised he hasn't got a vineyard, like, a, you know, sort of some kind of oh my gosh, to make wine. Imagine him and Tiff on orchard tractors trying to do a little bit of a clean-up, <laughs> you know, like... Because growing things, it's a slow process. You've got to tweak stuff, don't you? Every week you do a bit of this and a bit of that and then wait. Yeah. And, of course, yeah, neither of them yeah. will wait for anything. They're not patient at all. So they'd be, they'd be, Plato would be, like, busy pouring things into the ground, going, oh, I bet that'll make it grow a bit quicker. Oh, that'll make it taste a bit better. Meanwhile, Tiff's mowing the lawn for the eighth time because he's got nothing else to do, Just but obviously racing as fast as he can. It would just be so good. The racer's vineyard, where it's like, we won't wait for the wine. We will not wait for the, the wine. It's completely revolting because <laughs> they're using like racer's vinegar. Racer's vinegar, yeah. the winning edge. Well, actually, no, because health people drink <laughs> vinegar for wine. health now, don't they? Well, I don't really yes, understand what it is. Is it good for gut health or something like that? I can't remember. My wife tried it briefly and it was just so revolting that she gave it. I don't. And the smell. Ugh, oh, the smell yeah. is fucking horrible. Well, you imagine you've got a bit of that sloshing around in the boot, uh, in Plato's boot, uh, and then a mm. big 
a big container of is it kefir um the sort of slightly curdled yogurty uh, yes. Yeah. You imagine having a an incident where you're doing you're going through some S's on the Sussex back roads with Plato, obviously coming in hot, and you've got kefir yes. clanging around with sparkling wine, clanging around with gut vinegar, and it all just goes a little bit explosive in the back with his dachshund because he's got an extremely aggressive dachshund as well. <laughs> <laughs> He does, he does. I couldn't go near it. It really wanted to maul me and I was terrified of it. I mean, predictably, I can't find it now, but did, someone did write in and say, um, can Johnny just do a show of stories about Jason Plato? Um, which, well, I mean, I feel like you've almost sort of um, fulfilled that request. Well, we, we we try. Look, let's wrap this up because Listen. I'll be honest, I just need to go and curl into a ball. <laughs> You're feeling a bit grotty. Wait for this horror to pass. I'm feeling a bit grotty. Uh, it's cold up here. I'd like to go back in the warm house, not be in the shed. So, uh, before we go, I've got three things to tell you. They are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Reintegrate Snake Show, in which Johnny attempts to get the now unemployed protagonist from the Metal Gear <laughs> Solid games back into a more normal job in society. Uh, this week, trying to get him through his probation period as a double glazing company. What? Is he still taking rejection of quotes very badly? That's from Ant Brown off of Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Ant, for that one. Um, if that's not to your taste, then there's obviously the Late Brick Show, which has got lots of excellent videos. Opal Monza, uh, Resto Mod Larder. Uh, what else is up at the moment that's good and pure? Oh, we'll have a nice one. Um, we'll have a really good one that, that will have just gone out if you're, if you're a patron. It, it, It'll be about the same time mm. that you listen to this. Um, and that will be, uh, let me think, he racks his brains. Oh, it'll be a Group B car cave collection. A man a man oh. in his mid-70s that still competes in a Lancia mm. 037 with his wife. Flipping the guy man. is a demon and a hero. Wow. And his wife baked us That's bread crazy. while we were filming. Oh. People, Cool people Lovely. like that do exist. Yeah. They do exist. Oh, that's good. Um, okay. Oh, that, the engine bay of that Lada Resto mod, is, it, was almost, it looked implausible, like it didn't have any ancillaries. So clean. It's, it's, it's really clinical. And Dave mm. uh, from Off of Retro Faults, uh, who's a lovely guy and a decent engineer who built that car, just thought about it quite logically and how to clean it up, like turning the throttle bodies mm. upside down to hide the injectors so they just look like velocity stacks on carbs. The way in which all of the uh, the wiring and the plumbing is 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 threaded through the breather tank sat sat next to the wiper motor in the scuttle panel. It's just mm. it turns me on. It really is. A, that's that's my aspiration so for the Allegro. So it's clean. like that level of sort of cleanliness, um, not like silly cleanliness to the point where <laughs> you can't take anything off the car because you've hidden it all. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it kind of it just looks like it, it's been installed to an extremely high standard and. Uh, Mm. Yeah, I love it. The engine made my favourite part mm. of that larder, and the fact Good. that he when watch the video when he goes from I think fourth to fifth and he's still flat on the throttle and the car is waving around like the Queen's hand at a ceremony. I'm I, my eyes change a little and they get wider where I go. Okay, we're now <laughs> we're fully committed in terms of power and speed, and this larder has got no safety facilities at all apart from Alfa Romeo one five six seats. That's it. Um, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great build. I love a, I love a Resto mod. I love a sleeper, me. Tell me, you know, I love a sleeper and all that. All right. Well, the second thing I've got to tell you is just to reiterate: uh, on Thursday of this week, if you're listening to the show on Monday, uh, we are at the Car Barn Aston Workshop in Beamish, in County Durham. 
doing another live recording uh, as we speak there are tickets available don't know if there will be by the time you hear this but why not go and have a look we'll put links up if there are uh, or warn you on the socials if there aren't either way and the third thing i've got to tell you is that in some countries tea is called chai and there's a reason for this it's uh, how your country originally got its tea if uh, tea spread to your country by sea you call it tea if it's spread by land you call it chai because, is that right yeah because the ports of fujian and taiwan where uh, sea-bound tea would leave from uh, they use the pronunciation tea uh, whereas uh, Mandarin, inland, uh, they say chai. So if you got your tea over land, you'd have adopted the pronunciation of the place that dispatched it, effectively. Well, if you went over land, you can legitimately say one tea, live it. And you can have that sticker in the... <laughs> one chai, One live chai, it. live it, can't you? Um, yeah. Gosh, I hate that slogan. Yeah, It's just I awful. It's awful. Awful. All right. Well, sorry uh, to end that on a downer. We'll do this all again next time, except we'll do it in front of an audience. Um, so we will uh, hopefully see a few listeners there. The rest of you will hear the results next Monday. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. I'm Johnny Smith. Because I am. <laughs> it's just a fact. Fucking deal with it. Who are ya? Who are ya? Who are ya? Johnny Smith. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.